When the night is holding on to me, God is holding on. Amen. me 
that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity to spend time together and learn as a family. 
And Lord, please help Brother Daryl as he speaks your word and let it use it in our lives. And Lord, please help us as we move towards your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. I don't know how to divide the chapter up, so I'm going to read the whole thing as a text. But uh, we'll take two or, th- two or three messages out of the text, but leave it all. He- Hebrews chapter 8. So it be 1 through 13. And you can follow along with me to make a pretty big uh, change in direction here. Hebrews 8. Read along with me. Follow along with me. Now, now <clears throat> this is the main point of the things which we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one, who is, who is Jesus, also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest. And referring to what we've talked about in the past, that uh, the priest, all the priests, came through the son of Levi, but Jesus comes through the tribe, the son of Judah. So if he were on earth, he wouldn't even be. So there's a change in the priesthood, and there's a change in the law. The old law is passing away, and the new law is, new law is coming. So uh, following on, continuing on with verse 4, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and the shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he, as Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is a mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming. Now comes a rather long uh, quote out of Jeremiah. I think it's Jeremiah chapter, chapter 31. Here goes the quote. Behold, the days are coming says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10 is very important. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, And write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to, ready to vanish away. So, talking today, the old covenant is gone, the new covenant is here. We could put it another way, the Old Testament is gone, the New Testament is here. So there's a changing of the law, and I'm going to just real quickly repeat verse 10. This is the difference, where the old covenant was written on paper and tablets and such. Uh, he says in verse 10, this new covenant I will put my law in their mind and write it on their heart. And that's where we, that's where we live. <clears throat> the law written on our mind and on our heart. The, uh, there's an outline of this on the back side of your, uh, their, your announcements, and I just want to cover this part real, real quickly. The Hebrew Christian pastor quotes heavily from Jeremiah that we just read, uh, who had what looks like 40 years of failure. God's people were no longer listening to the law, the word, or the prophets. They were no longer listening to the law, the word, the prophets. They were disregarding it all. And so Jeremiah tells them, there's coming a new day, 
And that's the day we live in. So the, it's not that the written law has passed away as in it's no good anymore. What it is is, is uh, it's being fulfilled. The law today is written on our mind and on our heart. So many, my struggle with the message today was not what to say, it's what not to say. There's so much that could be talked about when we talk about the law to, today written on our mind and on our heart. It's in us. It is in us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 will be on the screen. Uh, for instance, there's you know, so many verses that I could pick. To them God willed to make known who are the rich, what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Here it is, which is Christ in you. The hope, the hope, of, hope of glory. Christ in you. What my struggle was to pick out things to not say about the indwelling of God's spirit. That's the age that we live in. Jesus in us. Christ in you. The Holy Spirit coming in. It's not that the written law is no good. It's that now you have, we have it written on our mind and on our heart. The mystery. I like the way Paul, I like that word because that's what Christianity is. It's a mystery. If you're not a Christian, you do not get it. When we talk about Jesus in you, we talk about the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. We talk about you know, things like that. I could just say it over and over about 10, 10 different ways. It's something to be experienced. And this is why it was a struggle you know, to pick out what to say because there's so much to say. This is where you could get in a small group and just talk about this all day long. You know, what's it like for you when, when God speaks to you, when God deals with you? What's that feel like? What's it like when the Holy Spirit lives in? And each of us will have a different way to describe it. I know how I do. And your way of describing it, description, doesn't have to be at all like mine. And it isn't. And so the Lord deals with us all at the same, but specifically and individually. That's a mystery. And I don't, man, there's just so much to say about that. But I want to I I deal with that. The, the law written on our heart and on our mind. I'm gonna, if you're looking at your outline, I'm going to divide it to, in two ways. The Holy Spirit speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit speaking to, uh, to others. Uh, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness. Uh, Holy Spirit bears witness that we are the children. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. I same t some translations say it like this. The Holy Spirit communes with our spirit, bears witness with, talks to, speaks to. The Holy Spirit communes with our spirit. That's what the word says, and that's right, and I've experienced it. But explaining that to someone, you know, I mean, if, if you're not a Christian and, and you don't get that and you've never experienced that, for me to try to explain that to you is really, really hard to do. But there it is. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Now, so that is for us who are in Christ. The Holy Spirit's speaking to us. He's communing with us. He's bearing witness with us. He directs us. He guides us. And, and we still have, you know, we still have the scriptures, but specifically, he guides us and directs us. He convicts us. He speaks to us. Okay? Now, I'm going to narrow it down a little bit more because I could stay all day on that one thing. I want you to rem remember this phrase, and a lot of you have heard this before, the phrase that I use. You've heard it before because I've, I've said it to you a lot when I'm speaking to you in individually when we're talking about the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. It's a quote from, uh, from an old country pre preacher. It says, I don't always know when the Holy Spirit is, but I sure know when he ain't. I don't know what, always know when the Holy Spirit is, but I sure know when he ain't. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, convicting, and directing our lives, that's where the struggle comes in. Am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right track? Um, it's kind of the spur of the moment thing. My wife's, my wife's uh, maiden name is Scott. So at one point, her name was Dee Dee Scott. All right? I've looked the Bible over, when I was, before I married her, okay, I prayed 
is she the right one? Is she the right one? All right, you, you know, let's move on from there. Is she the right one? I looked the Bible over. Dee Dee Scott's name is not in here, okay? And I looked again, and I looked again, and it's not in here. How do I know? How do I know that she's the right one? She was praying too, and my name is not in there. So how do you know? Did the Holy Spirit come down to us and say, you know, maybe he'll do that sometimes. This is what I want to tell you. I don't always know when the Holy Spirit is, but I sure know when he ain't. Now, <laughs> be gentle with me, okay? Uh, you can, if you're watching online, she's over here, and you can't see her, and you're, that's good. I, I didn't date a lot, but I dated some. And there were some that I would maybe have been interested in, thinking that she might, you know, make my wife. But the answer was no. Okay, no. I'm not saying their answer was no. I'm saying the Holy Spirit's answer was no. When I thought about this one or that one, the answer was no. Okay. You're going to find, uh, to finish that story, when I prayed about her, the answer was not no. Okay. You're going to find... In searching for direction, you're not, all, you're not always going to know when the Holy Spirit is, but I sure know when he ain't. The point is, you're going to find that often knowing what not to do is much more obvious, much more apparent, much more firm, on and on and on with my descriptive words. It's so much more obvious you'll find what not to do. And I have found this across the board. Almost everybody that I deal with, almost everybody I talk to, and I guarantee you it's true with myself. That's why this quote means so much to me. Because I don't always know the right direction to take, but I sure know when I'm on the wrong one. I sure know when I've made a mistake. I sure know when, I, when the Holy Spirit ain't. Okay, I'm going to use a, a story out of Acts chapter uh, 16, but before we get to that, I need to put uh, Matthew chapter 28 on the screen, Matthew 28, 18 through 19. This will help us when we go on to the book of Acts. Jesus came and spoke to them. Here's the great commission or part of it. Jesus came and spoke to them. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Here's the verse I want you to see. The first word, go. And then you know the rest of the verse. But the first word is go. This is Jesus' great commission to the church, to the disciples. Go. All right. How do I go? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Go. But I don't know where. Go. But you're not showing me. Go. I've, I have a friend of mine. I think he put it real, real well. The Bible tells me to go. And therefore, I look for stop signs along the way. But until I see a stop sign, the word to me is go. But I'm not sure. Go. 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 Okay? That's the word to us. Keep on going. But that, no. Go. Until you see stop signs along the way. But I'm not sure. I know the Lord, the Lord's going to guide you. He's going to guide you. But I'm not always sure when the Holy Spirit is, but I sure know when he ain't. And so we're, like, we're looking and watching for stop signs along the way. Has he told you to stop? If he hasn't told you to stop, what are you supposed to do? Go. If he hasn't told you to stop, are you, when are you supposed to quit when he says stop? Has he told you to stop? Has he told you to quit? No. Then what do you do? Go. Go. You mean I stay at it until he tells me to stop? Exactly. I don't always know when the Holy Spirit is, but I sure know when he ain't. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 16, 6 through 10. Classic story. Man, there's so much in this little story. Paul and Silas, on their second missionary journey, and you would think that a man like Paul and his cohorts, you, you would think that if anybody would be guided by the Holy Spirit, it would be them. And, he, and, you, and you're right. God did. So 
you know, that means that, that people who are really spiritual, that means that the Holy Spirit tells them everything to do. No, that's not what that means. Here's what I want to clear up to you. I think that, that you and others have in your mind that people who are really, really spiritual and more spiritual than you, they know exactly what to do and you don't. I'm going to tell you, there's nobody that knows exactly what to do. That God is guiding each of us, and for each of us, and every one of us, it's a struggle. And I'm not sure why God's doing it like this, but he's written that law on our heart and on our, and on our mind. And through the power of the Spirit, he's guiding us, but he, he doesn't always make it very plain. And sometimes that's why we say that we're walking by faith and not by sight. Well, Lord, I don't know. You just take it step by step. You just go step by step, and I'll show you along the way. But I'm not showing you tomorrow until you get through today. And so today, hey, you know what I've got to do? I've got to make it through this message right here. I don't know, I don't know what next week. I've got some thoughts about next week, but I don't know. I've got to make it through today, right now, okay? Classic story, Paul and Silas, second... Second missionary journey, not sure where to go, in Acts chapter 16, verse 6. This will be on the screen. Now when they, Paul and Silas, had gone through, gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. What did God just say to them? No. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So God said no. After they had come to after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit did not permit them. What did the Holy Spirit say? No. Stop. Okay? So, passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. Now, tried to, literally, if you're looking on a map, tried to go left? No. Stop. Tried to go right? No. Stop. What, what do we do? Keep going. Keep going. Where do, where do we go? I don't know. Just keep going. Step, step by step. And we come down to verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to, to, go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. I don't know why the Holy Spirit works like that, that Jesus is telling it that is how he works. With Paul, with Silas, with me, with you. Why didn't you know, God show the vision to Paul immediately? I don't, I don't know why. That's just the way God wants us to, to keep trying. To keep trying. To keep searching. To keep what? Praying. To keep praying. To keep trying. To keep searching. If you, Jeremiah also, God said to him, if you will search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. You just keep trying. I did this on purpose. I'm not doing this, to, to, this today. I may do this next week, but, you know, I've got to get through this right here first, okay? There are five doors in the sanctuary, that one's closed. I don't know. I don't think the camera can see him. That, but that's fine. Door over here is closed. Door over here, usually I'm so uh, OCD. Is that what it is? I, that bugs me because the doors are open and the light's on, but I ask them to leave it like that intentionally. So that door is open a little bit and the light's on. The door to the nursery is closed. The door to the match room is open and the light's on. There's stuff in Matt's room I'm not going to mess with, okay? So I'm not going through that. And the door that you walk through in the sanctuary is open wide. I'm getting ahead of myself. I may do this next week. Which door do you go through? Which door do you go through? That's, the, that's what we deal with. But I don't always know when the Holy Spirit is. But I sure know when he ain't. And that's how you are guided by his spirit. I'm not always sure you're doing the right thing, but you know when you're not. Listen to me right here. You can pretend 
But you know when you're doing the wrong thing. Okay, you know you are. Okay, what do you do? Change course. Get back to go. <laughs> Stop that and do what you know you're supposed to do. Okay, a uh, very simple way to look at it. I want you to think right now of St. Bernard Hospital. How would you go there? Okay, how would you go there? How would you get there? As many times as I've been there, I guarantee you there's six really good ways to get there. Okay, I think I know the best way. But I'd, I would be, I'd be very curious, we go around the room, I would be curious as to the way you would go because there's just so many ways to get there. Does it matter as long as you get there? Probably not. But if you know that's where you're supposed to go, does God really care the direction that you take? Probably not. Just that's where I want you to go. Nowhere else, go there. Okay. Now, we'll move on. The last phrase we're going to put on the, on the screen. If you think it's wrong, stop immediately. If you think it's right, tread forward carefully. What I mean by tread forward carefully is this. One step at a time. Thy word is a light unto my path. One step at a time. Tread forward. Today, this hour, and so forth. And then look for, look for stop signs along the way. So the Holy Spirit dealing with us, guiding us. There's so many different things that I could say, but I'm going to stop there. Now the Holy Spirit speaking to others. I want to end with this because I want this thought to be, to be the last thought. And this is going to come out of the book of Acts also. I'm not going to read the text because it's pretty long. But it's Acts chapter 10. And in that story is the story of Cornelius, who's a Roman centurion. So he's a Gentile. He's a lost man, lost Gentile. And so there's Cornelius. And on the other side of the spectrum and somewhere else is the Apostle Peter. And Matt, go ahead and, and put this last phrase up because it's going to help remind me. Cor Cornelius is visited by an angel. Cornelius has a vision of an angel. And the angel is talking to Cornelius and, and lets him know that you're lost, you need help. Send for Simon Peter. Okay, Cornelius doesn't know who, who Simon P Peter is, never met the man. They're a long way apart. Send for, send for Simon Peter, he will help you. So the angel visits Cornelius first. Simon Peter is way over here in Joppa. And how do we put that? Because it's, you got to read the story carefully. Simon Peter is up on the roof. Jesus speaks to him. Then he has a, he has a vision as that sheep came down and all the animals on the sheep. So Jesus speaks to him. He has this vision, whatever that's like. And then the Holy Spirit speaks to him. The Holy Spirit speaking to us and the Holy Spirit speaking to others. Before God spoke to Peter about talking to Cornelius about his salvation, the Lord spoke to Cornelius first. You would think it'd be the other way around. Do you have someone on your heart are you burdened by someone I, I, I hope you are are you burdened by someone who's lost are you burdened by someone who needs Jesus in any way they may not be lost but, but they're far away from what they should be in Christ and I could go on and try and describe that do you have somebody that you're burdened for that you're praying for now here is a man Cornelius who's lost Here's a man named Peter who knows how to lead Cornelius to Jesus. The Lord speaks to Cornelius first. Then he deals with Peter about coming over and talking to him. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to remind you, you probably already know this, 
but I want this to be the last thing that you hear. It is real easy for me and you, as we're praying for people, we're, and maybe we've been praying for them for years, and I think that's really what I'm supposed to talk to you about. You've been praying for someone, trying to reach that person, and it doesn't seem like they're any better than they were. And maybe it seems like they're further away from the Lord than when you started. I don't, I don't know. But it just doesn't seem like it's working. All this praying and all this burdening just doesn't seem like it's working. Nothing's changing. Here's what I need you to see. Even though you can't see it, God is still speaking. Even though you can't see it, God is still working. God is working in ways that you can't see. Now, Simon Peter's over here in Joppa. Cornelius is over here in Caesarea, long way apart. Again, I'll reemphasize, before Simon Peter ever knew that there was a man named Cornelius, that he even existed, God was dealing with Cornelius first. And Peter never knew it. What I want you to know is, whoever that person is, that you're burdened about, that you're praying for, I want you to know that it's very, very possible that God's dealing with them in ways that you don't, have, you don't know anything about. Well, I can't see it. Of course you can't. This is the work of God. And I'm asking you to trust Jesus to do his work in that person's life. I'm asking you to trust Jesus that he loves that person more than you do. And he's doing his perfect work. I'm asking you to trust what you can't see. I did this because it helps me. Because I'm praying for people. I've been praying for people. And it just doesn't seem like anything is changing. But then I read this story in the Bible about exactly the same thing that I'm going through. And it helps me. The last phrase we're going to put on the screen. Whoever the Holy Spirit sends you to, he always goes ahead of you. And he's doing that right now. Whoever the Holy Spirit sends you to, he always goes ahead of you and you can't see it. I'm going to ask for the musicians to come on up. So we have our prayer time. Ask the congregation to stand as we get ready to pray. Two things we're going to zero in on. Uh, you know very well you can come and pray about anything. But two things we're going to zero in on. First one is the Holy Spirit dealing with you. Because you have decisions to make, uh, directions to take, and you don't know what to do. Lord, show me. And I'm not sure what he's going to show you. But there's a real good chance that a lot of it's going to be, okay, this is what you're not supposed to do. This is where you're not supposed to go. This is who you're not supposed to be with. And so forth. There's a real good chance that a lot of the direction that the Lord's going to show you is in what not to do. We all have to go through that. But you may need to come this morning and pray about that. Lord, I'm burdened. I, I really want to do what you want me to do. And so come and pray. The second one is I'm burdened for someone. And I really am. And I can't get over it. And I can't stop praying. But it just doesn't seem like anything is, anything is happening. It doesn't seem like prayer is working. But I want you to know that God is working in ways that you can't see. And you must continue praying. You must continue praying. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to quit. Do you hear the Holy Spirit saying that to you? This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to quit. 
This is not a stop sign. This is a go sign. You must keep up. You must continue to pray. And you must trust that God is doing what you can't see. That God is speaking what you can't hear. But that other person does. Even though they don't show it. Even though you don't see it. God is still at work and speaking. If you need to come and pray about yourself. God I need direction. Or if you need to come and pray for someone else. God I'm burdened for them. Help me to continue to pray. If you need to come and pray while the band plays and sings, you can come and kneel, sit or stand. You just come and pray as the Holy Spirit leads you. You are the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most Hidden glory in creation Now revealed in you are Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus, you brought heaven down Sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus